Today on the show, we open up about archangels, our guardian angels, how to fight spiritual battles with them, a new abbey in California, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Well, hello there. You've hit the play button on the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 427. For those of you who are keeping score at home, I'm Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She's in a special place with, yeah. with a dark screen, but she's still here. Hey, Kathleen. I'm here. Also, we've got Olivia Galino. She's uh, here in the studio with me. Hey, Olivia. Hello. I'm out of exile this week. That's true. You are. You are um, in Zile. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what yeah, the opposite of uh, I guess the opposite of exile is just Zile. Yeah. That sounds good. Also, we've got uh, Albert Dupont. He is uh, running the video or the audio there up in the Jeff Star One while uh, Jeff is on the mend. And Ed Ball is in the ball pit running he the is video. In the ball so pit. if everything looks the way it's supposed to look, well then... That's the that's Ed. That's Ed at work. That's right. Exactly. All right. I'm going to take just a moment for those of you who are watching on the radio uh, and put my earpiece in um, because, you know, we're talking about a very interesting topic today in the world in which we find ourselves. And uh, that has to do with battle, <laughs> you know, because it can be pretty discouraging to look at television and social media, especially in an election season, um, because battle lines are drawn right and the claws are out and everybody's kind of at everybody else's throat but saint paul reminds us that whenever we witness battle on earth there's actually something else larger going on and so if i may right here at the top of the show if i can break out the scriptures uh, saint paul in his letter to the ephesians chapter 6 beginning with verse 10 he says finally be strong in the lord and in the strength of his power Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And this is where he says, For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So what he's saying is that as we kind of um, battle here on the earth, we have to deal with uh, all of the issues of the spiritual battles taking place as well because our souls hang in the balance. Mm -hmm. And that's why um, Paul is reminding us to put on the whole armor of God, right? Yeah, and honestly, that kind of reminds me of, like, if you've ever read any of the, ep the epic poems, like Homer's Odyssey, mm -hmm. the Iliad, or especially, like, the Iliad, because, I mean, that, that poem is, like, all about battle. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, you see the human characters who are fighting, like, on an actual battlefield on the ground, but then you also see, like, how the gods, because it's a Greek um, pagan-inspired mm -hmm. myth uh, or epic poem, um, but how, like, the, the gods themselves are, like, they, they're taking sides and, like... They pretty much hate each other more. all the time. In yeah, the they're pagan. always finding ways to, like, yeah. pick at each other, yeah. but... But it's interesting because they're like they'll take sides and they'll like use their particular like what we might call a patronage mm -hmm. like to fight in the battle or to like yeah. make things worse for the other side or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because like we like there's part of that is a recognition a recognition of truth right mm -hmm. that there is it's not just about this world you know like yeah there is a spiritual world a yeah. spiritual realm yeah and there's a battle taking place there yeah and times. there's like 
um, influence back and forth, right? Yeah. Like what happens in the spiritual world is not like divorced from what happens in the material world because we are not just pure pure material, right? right? We are uh, body soul composites, and so like we have uh, yeah. interaction with both the material and the spiritual. And that's why St. Paul tells us uh, kind of flat out to take up the whole armor of God. He says, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. And so he, the, the spirit, the weapons, like the armor that St. Paul reminds us to have is not just stuff that, that we possess here on earth, but some of it are supernatural gifts that are given to us. So uh, he says, stand therefore with the belt of truth around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness, so right deeds, um, your shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. Mm. Notably that, that our, our feet are supposed to bring the good news. Um, he says, with all of these, take the shield of faith. So if you think about it, like our faith is a shield um, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then he says to pray in the spirit to keep to that and keep alert and always um, persevere in supplication for all the saints. So you've got like this rank of, of folks fighting with you. And naturally, like the show's about to go to air and 30 <laughs> seconds, things start to break. Oh, yeah. But one of the things that we know is that in the midst of, uh, of, of a spiritual battle, we aren't going in alone. And all of these armory items that we're called to put on are something that other actual beings uh, mm -hmm. wear for us as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we talk about the archangels today. So we thought we would give you a whole show talking about archangels and kind of the different nooks and crannies in which they appear mm -hmm. in the scriptures and in our own uh, our own history. Yeah. And especially because the, um, the Feast of the Archangels is on Tuesday. Right? Yeah, it's coming up on yeah. the calendar. It's the 29th of September. Yeah. And, uh, and Kathleen, originally that was the Feast of, of just St. Michael. Right. And, and now it is St. Michael and all the archangels or the yeah. feast of the archangels. Yeah. You know, I think when we talk about like going to battle and, and what is this spiritual battle, I think a lot of people, you know, especially, you know, Olivia and I working with young people, they like this idea that that, you know, that the devil exists, that there are bad things in this world that we have to prepare, I think is, is like, oh yeah, okay, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I tell people all the time, I wanted to write my thesis in college on, and I think I've, I've mentioned it here, that I wanted to write my thesis on uh, the reality of Satan, right? And I wanted mm -hmm. to talk about how, um, particularly how in our, in our society, in, in our entertainment industry, how um, it seems so like when you watch a movie where there's an evil, you know, entity or, so, or whatever, you know, that that um, they make it seem so sensationalized. Yeah. So much so that we're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we I was talking to my sixth graders last week about how we expect, you know, the devil to come into the room, you know, with a forked tongue and a, mm -hmm. and a long tail and two horns and, you know, and announce himself. And he doesn't do that at all. You Very know, rarely, anyway. Right, right. <laughs> but that, the, that, you know, what he does in the world is very real. And so when we look at this idea of how to, you know, how to prepare ourselves, how to go to battle, and, you know, we're going to talk about uh, the archangels, especially St. Michael, um, and, and his role in the battle, mm -hmm. you know, that that is, that, that is very real, mm -hmm. you know, and it's something that we need to be aware of and not, you know, of course, 
um, not to constantly live in, in fear and you know anxiety, but to be prepared yeah. and to know what it is that we need to do, to do to address the enemy that you know doesn't always present himself as what we think you know he should look like. That's right, and I think that's of course why uh, the Lord gives us, especially through the scriptures and the tradition of the church, mm-hmm. the notion of these uh, these beings that fight alongside us, that mm-hmm. actually have right. our back, that uh, that our go-betweens, if you will, between yeah. between God and between us. Yeah, and even like just like looking at the gifts that God is giving us to prepare, because like Kathleen, you were talking about, or as you were talking about, like how we prepare ourselves for that battle. I was like thinking back to what Father Chris read from Ephesians, and I was struck by the fact that like it's talking about uh, like the shield of faith. Well, faith is a gift mm-hmm. that's given to us. It's also like a choice that I make, right? I have yeah. to choose to to live a life of faith and to pursue that and to to cooperate with that grace that's given to me in baptism, strengthening confirmation. But it is a gift, yeah. right? And then same with like salvation, right? Mm-hmm. Salvation is something that is completely given to me, yeah. right? I can't earn that. I can't right. win that for myself. That's a gift. And so it's like God is is preparing yeah. like the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? That's God revealing himself to us, but it is a weapon against lies, mm-hmm. right? It's a weapon against false truths. Yeah, we often think about, um, I guess because we live in the world where everybody thinks of them as kind of self-made. If I'm going to make it, I've got to do it myself. And oftentimes we forget that we are creatures, you know, and everything that we have is gift. Everything we have is a gift. And, and so God from the very beginning knows the difficulty we're going to have with original sin. The, the, its effects are there. We can't escape the effects of original sin, um, until the, the second coming when everything, when we, we experience a new heavens and a new earth, but we can begin to be prepared for it now and we can begin to live in the kingdom of God as its subjects by the way in which we respond to the gifts that God has given us through, through the treasury of the church and, um, and certainly through his direct action to us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because like, I mean, I'm going back to this, this reading about like, um, in verse 13, Paul says to take up the whole armor of God. Like, so like we've been given some of the, some things are just kind of like natural to our, our humanity, like yeah. maybe the belt of truth, right? We, we, we strive for truth as human right. beings. Right. It's kind of built in. Yeah. We have a hunger our, for our it and a desire. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, there are these other things that are given to me. Um, but I have to put them on, mm-hmm. you know, like there is still my cooperation that is like required. But I think like, yeah, like you were saying that there's maybe a, um, a kind of expectation that I have to do everything myself. Yeah. Um, and sometimes even if you, you know, you can like tell people like, well, you know, obviously like God is going to help us. Like God is never going to leave us alone. He he's promises to never leave us orphan and he's given us everything that we'll need. Mm-hmm. But there can still be the temptation to be like, but is he really though? Yeah. Like, yeah. is he actually going to do that? Yeah. And, um, and so like that comes down to like, again, like faith that, that shields us from that first initial lie. That's like, you can't, if you, even if you put this stuff on, it's not going to protect you. Right. Yeah. Like even if you, yeah. you accept the gift that God's given you, that's not really going to protect you, but we can like trust that God is who he says that he is and yeah. that he gives us all the help that we need. I often think about, um, when I read this from Ephesians chapter six, that if you look at, uh, at putting on armor in, um, in the medieval, like if you have medieval uh, uh, woodcuts and things like that, right. they're assigned a squire, right? And and the squire's job is not only to make sure the horse has pasture, but also to like hand them the things to put on the actual pieces of armor so that they're ready to go into battle. Mm-hmm. Like a, even the strongest knight can't 
ready himself for battle. Well, that's so interesting. And so for for us, um, the the angels who um, who really kind of exist in a plane presently higher than ours, they willfully kind of make themselves our squires. Mm-hmm. They make themselves uh, those who are, are willing to help us to be outfitted, even though they are they are heavenly beings. And so it really is quite something to think about uh, that that St. Paul, as he's talking about putting on this armor so that we can fight these spiritual battles, uh, there is a cooperation that takes place, you yeah. know, because uh, a, a knight can always say, young squire, I do not wish for the helm now, you know, mm-hmm. and yet uh, there, there's that free choice that, that, that we all have, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Kathleen, I, I know that, uh, that especially now it's tough to deal with um, with the spiritual battle that takes place in the world, yeah, <laughs> because everything's coming at you from all different sides. Yeah, you know, and 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 when we talk about the spiritual battle, you know, we we talk about this often, that you know, when when we are caught up in it, when we even if we're doing the best that we can mm-hmm. spiritually, you know, it can take a physical toll on someone. Yeah, and man, like when you start hurting, I, I don't know if any, I'm like if anybody out there you know, has, have, has ever experienced this, you just get, there's a point where you just get tired and you're yeah. like, I don't want to do, I don't want to, you know, I, I know several times as a teacher, um, you know, when you're, when it's gotten to a point where just all over the place in the classroom in my personal life and my physical, you know, yeah. being, um, it's just, it's, it's just enough, you know, mm-hmm. and you just want to, you know, I, I can imagine, you know, hearing stories about people who would go out to battle and they just lay down on the field and they're like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe if I play dead, the battle will happen around me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes that's definitely how, how you feel. It's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to lay down like Mm -hmm. a toddler, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to lay down and I'm just not going to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and at some point, you know, um, you got to you got to get back up. There's nothing else you yeah. can do. And yet from that passivity, uh, from that surrender, if you will, we allow the Lord to clothe us. Right. And I, I think that, that that's uh, anybody who's actually made it to 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 ha- through half the year of 2020. Yeah. Knows exactly what you're speaking about, I think. Right. Right. Because we all have had those moments in the midst of of um, of dealing with 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 the covid. Right. That that we, we really just say, Lord, I don't. I'm sitting in my house and I've been here for two yeah. or three months. Even though I'm safe, I got nothing left, right. you know? Yeah. And, and yet the Lord wishes to, even in those moments, uh, clothe us, to reclothe us. You know, in the baptismal ritual, one of the, the very first things that happens after the baptism is a white garment is placed upon the child, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And see in this white garment the outward sign of your Christian dignity, namely that you have been changed. And this is kind of the beginning of showing the armor right. that you're supposed to bring unstained into everlasting life. Yeah. And I think I actually have meditated upon baptism a great deal uh, over the course mm-hmm. of all of this because I know, even as a priest, that I have had to... to reclaim allow the lord to clothe me once again in those baptismal garments that i do not despair um so yeah that's uh very much the case so we promised that we would talk to you about those who are going to help us and so what we'll do is we're going to take a little bit of a pause just to remind you that we are the catholic underground oh yeah we're the catholic underground we're online at catholicunderground.com.org.tv. 
and .live, I think, cutv.live, if you want to join us that way. Yep. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook and on Roku and uh, on Twitter, too. I think we stream on Twitter um, Sunday evenings, 7 p.m. Central Time. Or, of course, you can listen to us in podcast form, as many of you are doing. And uh, for those of you who are watching us on the Catholic Faith Network and on Catholic TV, uh, we're glad to have you along for the ride, and it sure is good to be back. Uh, I'm Father Chris, joined by Olivia here in the studio and Kathleen in Studio B. Hi, Kathleen. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still trying to, to observe all the spacing and everything, yeah. you know? Um, and then Albert is working the audio for us, and Ed is working their video mm-hmm. as well. Oh, hi, Albert. Yeah, there he is. He's has yeah, such he's nice a, lighting. Albert does have some uh, some kind of coffee house lighting. Yeah, it's like a warm lighting. glow. Mood lighting, yeah, because we had to, to bring his master light in for Kathleen oh. so that we could make her... her um, her normal, beautiful self. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. All right. So, uh, so yeah, uh, the archangels are the ones who kind of help us after we've been clothed with all of these gifts. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the archangels that fight for us, on behalf of us, and even when we're not looking, they're always going into battle. Yeah. And so, uh, Kathleen's been doing a little, a little work on like, what does all this mean? Because, because we know that that words have meaning, names yeah. have meaning. Absolutely, yeah. And it turns out the archangels have meaning. Why do we call them archangels? What does that mean? That they were in the ark with Noah? No, it does not. <laughs> Different ark, right? <laughs> my little sixth graders. Little, my little sixth say, grade you can minds. tell you teach middle school when you say that. <laughs> Lord, yes, indeed. Yeah. So the word archangel is actually Greek from archangelos. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yep. It means high-ranking angel, the same way that we use archbishop. Yeah, sure. So means a high-ranking bishop. Like an actual arch, right? Like right. something that's overarching. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. I just mm-hmm. defined by using yes. the definition. Sorry. I keep going. My, my seniors can tell you now that that's called circular reasoning. Oh, well. Y'all are fancy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, archangel. Anyways, getting back. <laughs> now, they are pure created spirits they are they are created beings we had a discussion about this in my class the other day it's like well you know because we've been talking about creation and what did god create and so of course you know they raise their hands and they say what did god create this okay yes yes he did the answer is yes Yes. is it created yes he did uh does it exist then god created it um but they are they are pure created spirits and while only saint michael is named an archangel specifically in scripture um, it's also common to honor saint gabriel and saint raphael as archangels as well mm-hmm. um, now we can talk about this uh, i think olivia you and i can can talk about this for days but contrary to popular belief um, angels are not human beings yes. and they never were human beings yes Say it again. So, yes, angels are not human (laughs) beings, and they never were human beings. And so, although, you know, we love to talk about um, our grandmothers, (laughs) like this is a little fly, sorry. Um, Like our grandmothers who have passed away who are the sweetest of of sweetest ladies and the most faithful that people that we know, um, they do not... Uh, die and go to heaven and then become angels. They don't gain wings. Angels are a different being all in and of itself. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Like, I think maybe sometimes people feel like, well, that's not fair or something, but like, it's a good thing because we were created, like you are a spirit as much, you are a body as much as you are a spirit, you know, like we aren't meant to be like disembodied spirits. And so that's why we believe in the resurrection of the body. Like we will have a glorified body one day in heaven in front of the face of God. 
but like it's a and so it's a good thing that we are created according to our dignity but like the angels are given to us to help us right um and like but there is just a hierarchy of being and it's not a bad thing it doesn't make us like you know dirty or like oh we're just these lowly earthly creatures like no like we're the height of god's like earthly creation yeah and the angels minister Mm -hmm. right to to us on behalf of god like right it's it's not a bad thing that there's a difference there. in fact if you look like in the book of daniel um mm-hmm. uh whenever you know the the angels are going up and going down yeah and and it, it, he's able to see the the line of ministry taking place that's exactly what the angels do and the, and the thing about it is the way that god's creation is supposed to work is is harmonious mm-hmm. in fact it, it isn't until original sin that things become disharmonious right uh, or, or lack that harmony and so you see with, with the angels, um, the, they are the ones who are kind of reestablishing that harmony by the work that they do. Mm-hmm. Right. And, of course, we can even say that that is where we talk about the fallen angels. Right. Huh? Satan and all of the demons, all those fallen angels were the ones who did not wish to, to serve in that manner mm-hmm. uh, to, to bring humanity close to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that's one of the like fundamental distinctions between human beings and angels is like we have a, a body and a spirit, right? Yeah. Um, you are a body and a spirit. I don't want to say you have a body, but um, and so we like are constantly in what's like a state of becoming, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are constantly like becoming more perfect, becoming more of who we're created to be. That's why Kathleen has to exfoliate. Yes. Because that's part of our becoming. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Once a year, just to keep that glowy skin, <laughs> unlike the rest of us. <laughs> oh, Lord. But, um, but angels, since they're pure spirit, like Kathleen said, they are pure will. Yes. Right. So they, they act. Yeah. So whereas we make choices all the time, we are constantly trying to align our will and our passions and our emotions and all that. Yeah. And our intellect, most of all. Um, angels had like one moment where mm-hmm. they, um, and it was all, it's like simultaneous to the moment of their creation that they had one moment to choose to serve God, um, uh-huh. or not. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why, that's why you have, you know, a third of the angels that, that were considered fallen because of, um, like, you know, Satan's like non-servium, right. I will not serve. Right. Um, but like, that's the difference. Right. And that's why, like, you know, the angel, I, I remember one of my students asked me one time, like, can even can like the demons like become saved? Oh, can they rehabilitate? Yeah, like can they? And mm-hmm. I, like it comes from a place of compassion. So it's like it's a good question because you want everyone to be saved, right? Sure. But, but the answer is no, right? Mm-hmm. Because like they've made their choice, and yeah. it's a it's a final yeah. option. For and them. it's and it's an infinite choice yeah. that that they have made, you yeah. know. Um, and that's and that's why uh, that's why we realize all the more that the choices that we make as human beings, we have the ability, and thanks be to God, we do. Uh, we have the ability to turn back to the Lord. And then as we, as we kind of drift um, and sometimes even fall handily, right. uh, we have the ability to turn back to the Lord. And the scriptures are, I mean, overwhelmingly uh, attest to the fact that God wants to take us back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, and that's because we are not pure act. There is potency in us. We are becoming. Whereas the angels, they... Their choices are forever, mm-hmm. right. and uh, and and that means that that the place in which the fallen angels dwell is infinite, is going yeah. to continue along, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so, uh, all the more reason we need the archangels right. to help us to climb the ladder instead of fall off of it, yeah. so to speak. Exactly, and there, you know, as I was reading this, you know, reading up on the angels because angels is uh, angels, angels is <laughs> angels are not something that we typically. 
um, I, I don't know, like we, I don't remember spending a lot of time learning about them. They're yeah. just these. They these, just kind of lurk in the background of your right. catechism, right? Yeah. These beautiful things with wings and swords, and you know, they come in when we need them, and and that's that's that. But you know, you would be surprised at. Um, at how many times we talk about angels without maybe even recognizing that we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there are um, nine what we call choirs of angels that mm-hmm. are listed in the yeah, Bible. Yeah, the ranks, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so in, in ascending order, I'm going to list them for you. Maybe you've heard some of these in some of our prayers and some of our songs, uh, especially at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, in, in ascending order, angels, archangels, principalities, powers, virtues, uh, dominations. Dim, dim, yeah. Dim, okay. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That, Dominions. Yeah. Okay. Thrones, cherubim, and seraphim. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, so there is a vast multitude. We talk about there there being this vast multitude of of angels, of people. I mean, not of people of angels who um, who are there, who are mm-hmm. who are walking with us, who are fighting for us, who are um, have and will fight for us. Yeah. Um, and so they're pretty awesome and pretty holy. And if you're paying attention in mass. For most of the prefaces, especially the older ones, so this mm-hmm. is the part right before the holy, 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 where we sing the hymn that the angels are singing, mm-hmm. um, we, the, the priest will list all of those ranks right. at times, which is really, I always think about that as I'm praying it, that, yeah. that as I'm here at the altar, uh, what I'm doing, in the same way that battles are spiritual as they are temporal, what's happening at the altar is spiritual as it is temporal. And mm-hmm. so as I'm offering these gifts and I'm inviting everybody to, to, to sing the thrice holy hymn, the angels are doing the exact same thing. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're recalling that reality is happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, specifically some that we call saint, but just real quickly, why do we call angels mm. saints? Yeah. Like St. Gabriel. We, right. we talk about that, right? Yeah. Now the word saint comes from the Greek meaning holy one. Yeah. Hagios. Right. And I, I don't think about this, but it doesn't mean holy human being. Yeah. When mm. we think about that a lot, there are human beings that go through a process of becoming a saint and there is a whole process and it's beautiful and awesome. And, but we, we don't really, I don't really think of saints being other things beside human beings, but that word saint doesn't qualify. Yeah. It doesn't qualify mm-hmm. as being human beings. And so we honor Saint Gabriel, Saint Raphael and Saint Michael, mm-hmm. um, because they're holy because they side with God mm-hmm. yep. right? and all angels. And there are many, um, that side with God are considered holy but these are the three that we know that are, are named. Yeah. And so if we knew the names of other angels because they would side with God, those who did side with God, we would also consider them saints mm-hmm. because they are a holy one. Yep. Because they chose, as we were saying, they chose to side with God. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly, we who have yet to go through the canonization process, perhaps one day, mm-hmm. we can be even called holy now. Like right. whenever you see your grandma who, who is always just wanting to do the right thing and to do the good, we call her holy because mm-hmm. she, we know she's set apart for God because that's the way that she's living her potential. She's mm-hmm. living completely acting in that way. Kathleen, you hear the music. I hear the music. I <laughs> yeah, that means we've got to take a little bit of a break, but stay right there because the Catholic Underground is coming back right after this. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, 
our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Catholic Underground. You found us, you're listening to us, or you're watching us, or maybe you're just having a dream about us. I'm Father Chris Decker, <laughs> joined by Olivia Galino here in the studio, and Kathleen over in Studio B. And we, we fixed her pretty pictures and everything for those of you listening on the radio or on podcasts, so she's just as radiant as ever. Oh, thanks. You'll have to take our word for it if you're listening. She's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. Listen to the dulcet tones of her voice. And then right. you'll yes. Know. Yes. Mm. The well-practiced public radio tones of Kathleen. Welcome to my charcuterie board. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Uh, Albert is running the audio in the place of Jeff, who's, uh, who's convalescing. And uh, we've also got Ed, who's running the video for us as well. So, uh, we've been talking about the fact that the spiritual battle is real, y'all. We've been talking about the fact that angels are sent to help us and to be messengers. And we talked a little bit about the ranks of the angels. So now let's dive in and talk about the big three. Yeah. The big three of, of, the, of the rank of archangels. The carrots, onions, and celery of the gumbo of angels. Oh, mm. wow. That's I don't know. quite a simile. I like that a lot. Kathleen does like that because it's it's one of those food-based metaphors that yeah, we can fall's just... Fall's coming. We can talk about right gumbo now. We mm. can. That's true. That's right. Uh, gumbo is the pumpkin spice of Louisiana, that's right? That's true. That is true. Absolutely. Except better. Thank yeah, you very much. Sorry, New England. Uh, but sure. at any rate, so uh, so there are, there are three specific archangels that show up all throughout the scriptures, mm-hmm. and that's St. Gabriel... St. Raphael and St. Michael. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd spend some time here um, towards the bottom of the show talking about who they are, what they do, and why you should care. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, like with most names in the Bible, the, the names of the, angel, the angels are going to tell you about who they are. Yeah. Um, but also names are very important. Um, so when it comes to the angels, it's, it should strike us as really significant that we only know the names of three archangels and technically i mean we know lucifer's name yeah um true but um and actually like you know he was um one one, one of the like you know upper crust he, he was he was angels. a high tier yes. yeah yeah uh, he's a cherubim right i believe so yeah so um reaching way back for that one but yeah I think I, so. i'm pretty sure he was um but anyway so but it's significant to that we only know the names of three and sometimes you'll see like People saying, well, in some like apocryphal yeah. literature, there's there's like a list of seven or yeah. like maybe you've seen like the, a fourth name for an archangel, Uriel. Mm-hmm. But as you know, interesting as those things might be to read, um, since the, the canon of scripture, the, the books that are in our sacred scriptures, since that God guided the process not only of writing them, but also of putting them together and deciding yeah. what goes in and what le- is left out. Yeah. We know that these can be trusted, right? Mm-hmm. That these are the names that we know we can be assured. The other ones we can't. Right. So it's really not the best kind of practice to like go searching for the names of other angels. Yeah. Interestingly um, enough, in, in 2001, the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments issued what's called the Directory, Directory for Popular Piety. Yeah. And popular piety are the different devotions that just about everybody um, in, in, engages in in, yeah. in their prayer. And so uh, they said that um, it, it, it's not a good idea 
to, to name your guardian angel. Yeah. It's certainly not a good idea to ask the name of your guardian angel, but nope. it, the, the church does say um, we are discouraged from assigning or ascertaining names of holy angels with the exception of three. St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael, whose names have been revealed to us in the scriptures. Yeah. And uh, we might talk about that in, in, a, in a little bit, but let's dig yeah. in. So St. Gabriel, yeah. St. Gabriel, of course, God is my strength. My strength, yeah. Um, and he's maybe, if you think about the archangels, maybe you kind of toddle between like him and St. Michael is the mm-hmm. one you think about the most. Right. But Gabriel is at some really significant moments. And so we, like Kathleen was saying, we hear about him a lot, especially around like Advent and Christmas. Um, and so he appears biblically three times as a messenger. And remember, that's like what the, the word angel, angelos, means mm-hmm. in Greek. It means a messenger. So he's going to bring not only news, but good news. Yep. Um, and so, first of all, he gets sent to Daniel to explain a vision concerning the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's, he's already telling about the coming of Jesus in, deep in the Old Testament. Um, he also appears to Zechariah to, to foretell the birth of John the Baptist, right? Which we kind of forget about because... Yeah, that's one of my favorite instances yeah. because because Gabriel kind of uh, gives a mini penance Yeah. <laughs> in the midst of that. Yeah. If you remember the story, right? Zechariah is kind of uh, disbelieving. He's like, I, I don't know about all this. Yeah. Uh, I, I know my wife, Elizabeth. She's very old. I'm very old. How is this going to happen? I don't yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. And so he's, he's, uh, he's muted briefly. Yeah. And then, like, he has this wonderful, like, proclamation of faith, like, after yeah. John the Baptist is born, but he is kind of, like, yeah. chastised for his unbelief. And it's interesting because his the third time Gabriel appears, it's to Mary at the Annunciation. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he's saying something very similar, right? He's right. not, he wasn't proclaiming the coming of the Messiah with John the Baptist, but the prophet that's going to proceed yep. the Messiah. But Zechariah and Mary both ask a question that's similar, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how can this be? Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that Zechariah asked out of doubt, yeah. right? Like, that can't be true. Yeah. So, like, explain yourself. Yeah. But Mary asked out of faith, but she just wanted to know how it would be possible. Yeah. Because she I, had I kind believe of, what God wants to do. Uh, but I don't understand. But I don't understand. Yeah. 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 Which is a very different place. And, and, and for, of course, that's an important uh, point of reflection for us is yeah. that when the Lord asks something of us, um, can we respond out of doubt? Yeah. But can we also respond out of faith? Yeah. And that's part of the armor of God, right? Is being able to respond with the gift of faith. Yeah. And I mean, like the point of the, the message, right? Or, or Gabriel as the messenger is again to like bring us, to bring them closer to God. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Mary being full of grace um, not full of you know all of the intellectual like background knowledge of, yeah. of everything that she's going to experience, but being full of grace didn't need as much of that kind of help as Zechariah did. Yeah. So like part of the message was okay. Well, you're going to be quiet and think about this for a nice solid nine months. How does yeah. that sound? <laughs> That's right. Um, I like the idea of Zechariah being muted because I think about myself and whenever I respond in mm-hmm. doubt, I deserve to be muted for a little while so yeah, that I can yeah. reflect. Yeah, it's usually when I need to go on retreat. So I guess I am muted then. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Silent retreat. Um, so some of the symbols you might see associated with St. Gabriel are um, the scepter, the lily, a shield, um, a scroll mm-hmm. with the Ave Maria Grazia Plena. Um, or it's interesting Mary, that, that he carries stuff that's used by the other, mm-hmm. right, by the human beings oftentimes. Yeah. And the only thing that I know that, that, that I've seen him with, um, besides the lantern, right, 
uh, is the trumpet. Yeah, the trumpet. He's often shown with the trumpet. Yeah, and I actually, this is kind of a tangent, but uh, I saw something recently, like apparently in physics, there's a phenomenon known as St. Gabriel's trumpet or St. Gabriel's horn. And it's oh, like I've heard a, about that. Yeah, it's some kind of like paradox of physics. Uh, anyway, um, you can look that up. That's as much as I can tell yeah, you about it. That's a Googleable thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, even the the um, the archangels, since they are considered to be holy ones, yeah. um, they have a hagiography, right? A way of, of identifying them in art, mm-hmm. in literature, and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so St. Gabriel is the patron saint of broadcasters. Yep. Hello. Because um, he is, you know, the one who trumpets, who announces these mm-hmm. great messages. In fact, the, the Emmy design. Award, basically, for Catholic broadcasters from the Catholic Press Association. Oh, yeah is the Gabriel Awards. And it's a statue mm-hmm. of Gabriel, which by the way, we, we haven't won one yet, but. But I'm, we're open to it. Yeah, so. we, I guess we actually have to submit <laughs> one of our programs. It, I love it. Maybe this will be the one, I don't mm. know. So I'll mm. give it like a nice little wink that they can just like put a little <laughs> sparkle on later. That's right. Um, he's also considered a patron saint of, you know, radio workers for the same reason, yep. clergy. Yep. Hello. Um, because how much are y'all Because we have to blow the, the trumpet a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but also you know postal workers, stamp collectors, right? That's right, um, carrying messages. Yeah, right. right. Um, and then one of my favorites, uh, you know, it's hard to pick favorites, but I do love Saint Raphael. Yeah, um, uh, he's perhaps one of the unsung archangels. He is because he's kind of one of those like, hmm, like the things that you do read about him, you're like, what? Uh-huh. Like he's a little bit odd, a little yeah. bit hipster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get. I get. So yeah. like you can see where there might be an appeal there for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but um, his name means God has healed, mm-hmm. which like if that doesn't just like slap you in the forehead, I don't yeah. really know what will. Um, but we hear about him only once in the book of Tobit, but he's which a pretty central figure in that book. One of my favorite books of the Old Testament. Yeah, it's one of the the biblical novellas. Um, so it's kind of like a. Um, if we're like want to take a break from all the like drudgery um, that might ha- be happening in the Old Testament with all the idolatry and everything, it's like you can kind of pop out the Book of Tobit. It's like a dream sequence almost. It's true. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's like you know telling a story of something that happened, but it's it's still a little bit lo- like a, of a different genre than the rest of the book. Um, but basically, he accompanies um, Tobias on his journey to go um, meet his wife, Sarah, yep. um, who is being plagued by a demon. Um, and, <laughs> and not only is she being plagued by the demon, yeah. but all of her would-be suitors, <laughs> yeah. all those who are trying to, to say, I'd like to marry you. Yeah, because uh, they die in. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, I mean, I don't know, now that, like, I'm engaged, I can imagine, like, the terror. I mean, not that I, like, can I am experiencing that in any way, but, like, you know, Kathleen, like, can you imagine, like, having the fear of, like, well, I'm going to marry this guy, and he might die. And he's like, going to yeah. kill another oh, no. one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But that's, of course, that's the level of demonic activity, yeah. too, is to take somebody who's trying to do the right thing and just continue to torment them. Yeah. And so, uh, Raphael appears as, as Tobias is on his journey. Yeah. And he, he kind of outfits him for what's coming next. He yeah. outfits him for the journey um, yeah. uh, of, of, of casting out these demons. Yeah. And he kind of foresees, like, uh, like if, you know, if the story is a chess match, he, chess match he's foreseeing several steps ahead. Because yeah. he even, like, plans for the healing of Tobit, who's gone blind. Yep. Um, and for a really gross reason. But anyway, like he's gone blind. And um, so he even like is preparing Tobias to like aid in that healing too. But especially in the, the healing of, of Sarah from this, this torment. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
again, like kind of in a weird way because it involves like fish innards. <laughs> it um, does. Yeah, fish, fish gall, fish, uh, fish juice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah. If you mix this fish juice and you burn this sort of thing, it's going to make a stink so bad that the demon is going to go away. Ugh. And that's exactly oh, what happens see. in the scriptures. Again, the book of Tobit, if you haven't read it, if, for those of you who might be watching or listening uh, who are not Catholic, Go and find what you would call the Deuterocanonicals, the Apocryphals, and then read the book of Tobit. You'll be hooked, and you'll be wondering why those things were left out, uh, I'm sorry, taken out of the Bible in the first place. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's got some of those symbols, a staff, because he's another patron of travelers, like St. Christopher that we've talked about recently, the wallet and fish. Um, He's also a patron of um, people preparing for marriage or people looking to to find a holy spouse. Um, So definitely a, um, a, a saint to, to have in, in your kind of arsenal, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and then obviously the, a major saint to have in your arsenal is St. Michael. Yep. Um, so we're going to talk about Michaelmas in just a little bit, but Michael's name is, is who is like God, right? Yeah, not it's in a the, question. Not in the sense of yeah. like, um, you know, like tell me who God is, but... Right, right. Um, who else is like God? Yeah. yeah. Who, who is like unto God except God, yeah. right? Yeah. And the, and the implied answer being no one. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and like the legend is, uh, or I don't know, it seems wrong to call it a legend, but like that was his response to Lucifer saying mm. non servium, right? I oh, will yeah. not serve. His response was who is like God, right? Yeah, like who yeah. else, What? where are you going to go to yeah. find a master greater mm-hmm. than the Lord? Um, and so the answer is hell, and he's not there either. God <laughs> yeah. is still God. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and so St. Michael, he's the, the prince of the heavenly host, so mm-hmm. like all of the, the kind of warriors for mm-hmm. Christ. So since we are part of the church militant, um, if you're confirmed, you are full-fledged member of the church militant, then St. Michael is like our battalion leader. That's right. He's, he's the principal, right? Uh, the, the principality that, that is, uh, that's kind of constituted of us, if you will, yeah. of, of those fighting in the church militant are spearheaded by St. Michael. Yeah. And so you're going to see him kind of dress for battle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you might Very be wearing often. like a, in actual armor, mm-hmm. um, carrying a sword, most definitely. Yeah. In, in, in the brosifying of society, St. Michael, like uh, a jacked St. Michael is a thing now oh yeah you know well, especially you see like, a lot of these strong saint michael types like tiny head saint michael but like big bicep you know what i'm talking about like <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. you see him in art and you're just like how is that physically possible that his head is that small compared to like his shoulders but mm-hmm. yeah because they're trying to emphasize his strength right yeah, his right. his um his not just i mean like he doesn't have a physical body but like his, but his, his spiritual force strength in, yes. yeah yeah mm-hmm. in battle um, so yeah, he's, uh, the patron saint of, um, people who are experiencing temptations, mm-hmm. right? So we, that's why we pray the, the St. Michael prayer, one of the reasons. Um, but he's also a patron saint of artists, of bakers. Yep. I found this out a few years ago and was super fascinated by that. Um, cause I bake a lot, but also people who are working like EMT, emergency medicine, fencing. If you make hats, are you a police officer? I didn't know that a haberdasher had yeah. St. Michael as his patron that's interesting yeah he's got tons of patronages um and again i think that goes back to like his status as the prince of the heavenly host right like he's going to be able to help you in a lot of different battles oh that reminds me if you go to joecatholic.com i have way back in 2007 i did uh an info sheet on archangels for um for uh, a a publication called the Cappadocian in Canada. Oh, and so, so if I still have it. So if you go to joecatholic.com, you can uh, look it up, uh, joecatholic.com slash archangels. And it has some of the, uh, the information that we're talking about. Well, right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
it's really cool to think about the fact that we do. We have these uh, intercessors for us that aren't just kind of, um, you know, inter- interceding in a in a esoteric kind of can't touch it kind of way. Yeah. But rather, they are they are actually going into battle for us, and not just in like we would kind of think like in a uh, in a Lord of the Rings type of thing. But think about think about uh, like Tobit's situation where he. He himself had fallen ill, mm. and he himself wanted to do the right thing. In fact, the prayer of Tobias is fantastic. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you've if you've never uh, read that in the book of Tobit, the prayer of Tobias and Sarah, he needed to be outfitted for a very particular type of battle mm-hmm. for righteousness, for right acting, and so he was healed, and he therefore then was able to go and be a, a source of healing for mm-hmm. for this woman who would become his wife. Yeah. And so it's not just those those battles, um, perhaps uh, against the temptations of the flesh, which are, I mean, a dime a dozen here in the mm-hmm. world. But but think about some of those other ways in which, I mean, even hearing bad news, right? B- being a recipient of bad news or of difficult news or maybe of being in the doldrums. St. Gabriel is there to, to fight on your side as well, yeah. to, to help your ears to receive good news, the mm. good news that God wishes to bring. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Because I, mean, I, I, I often don't think about that. I think yeah. of St. Michael, who is, again, the, kind of the prince of the archangels. Yeah. But, I mean, think about it. you got to have to, like, clear the threshold of the coming, like, onslaught of temptations in order to be able to, like, hear the truth, to know yeah. what's real. Um, so, yeah, they all are, are kind of, like, fighting in unison for you and with you. That's true. That's yeah. awesome. I guess we should talk quickly about uh, about St. Michaelmas. Uh, Saint, oh, of yeah, course, Michaelmas. Michaelmas is, uh, like, Michael's Mass, right? Yeah. So, like, Christmas, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, St. Michael's Mass uh, is now called the Feast of the Holy Archangels because it includes uh, Gabriel and Raphael as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, uh, Kathleen, traditionally, it was, uh, it was Michael's Day. Yeah, and now he shares it. Now he shares and there, it. There are definitely ways that we can, we can celebrate, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's what I love about our faith is it's like, hey, let's celebrate something. Mm-hmm. Let's eat some food. Yeah, <laughs> and we do. And let's, and let's, yeah. let's do some things. Like there are very specific things we can do. Yeah. And one of them that I found um, is that there is a legend of the blackberries. Oh. Now, what I also love about the the feast and the you know of our of our church is that they often fall around uh, certain times in the in the liturgical calendar. What's going on in the world? And so there's actually a legend about the blackberries. Hmm. Um, and the legend goes that. Uh, when St. Michael threw Satan out of heaven, as described in the book of Revelation, the devil landed on a blackberry bush, and which he then spit on and cursed, because I would imagine it's not very comfortable to, to land on a blackberry bush. <laughs> Therefore, blackberries are to be picked, or were to, in the, in the tradition, were to be picked and eaten by Michaelmas, or before the devil gets a chance to spit on them. Wow. So <laughs> you can treat your friends to um, a blackberry wine okay. or yourself to blackberry wine. You can put um, fresh blackberries on your oatmeal. You can bake them in a pie or a cobbler, or you can top your angel food cake <laughs> with some fresh <laughs> blackberries. Yes, indeed. You can also feast in other different ways. Um, a traditional Michaelmas—why is that so hard to say? Michaelmas mm-hmm, you got dinner it. There you go. includes get it roasted goose wow. and carrots. Why don't we celebrate this? What the both heck? of which? I don't think I've ever had roasted goose. Me neither. But look, They're I'm about everywhere. to get on it. Which <laughs> these are both in season in late September in 
Great Britain, which mm-hmm. is where this this tradition yeah. comes about. If it's not, if you don't have a goose just laying around, you know, maybe you <laughs> uh, make yourself and your family a, a roasted chicken, yeah, or whatever or other baby fowl chicken. animal that you have laying about. <laughs> and in the British Isles, this is where the goose came about. Um, you, they would roast a goose for prosperity. Now in mm. France, they celebrate by making waffles. How very French. Oh, Love I, it. I'm all about that. Thank and you. And in Scotland, nice. they have what's called St. Michael's uh, Bannock, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a large scone-like cake. Mm. Father Kevin, I wish to have St. Michael's Bannock when I come to visit you. Yes, indeed. When yeah. we all come to visit. Oh, right. And it'll be a Catholic underground trip. So, yes. So uh, get anyway, the pub ready. <laughs> moving on. In yeah. my favorite place that I'm pretty sure doesn't actually exist because I haven't been there. Um, in Italy, <laughs> mm, gnocchi is the traditional fare, which is oh one of gosh. my absolute mm-hmm. favorites you can also celebrate by thanking a, a police officer yep. who is um whose patron saint is saint michael mm-hmm. or any other emergency worker um you can display a saint michael prayer card um in your somewhere prominent in your home and um and to pray the saint michael prayer maybe at the beginning of the day and throughout the day mm-hmm. um and attend mass if you can that's always a good thing to do to celebrate yep. um the feast now there are also ways that you can celebrate saint raphael and saint gabriel yep um uh, in honor of saint gabriel why don't you maybe if you haven't already learn the angelus yeah right and recite it daily yep. um it, you can recite it at six at the six and 12 hours. Yep, six noon and six, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or um, for uh, St. Raphael, maybe you get familiar with the book of Tobit and read that one place in, in the scripture where he is found. Yeah. That's right. And by the way, if you wonder why at your local church parish, the bells ring at six in the morning, at noon, and at six in the evening, that's why. Because you're like, oh, what's happening? And those are really long rings. Mm-hmm. It's because that's called the Angelus bell. And it's mm-hmm. to remind you to stop what you're doing, to yeah. pause, and to recite the Angelus. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the I try to I have to turn the six a.m. bells uh, down because they're digital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're so they're kind of on a lower, but yeah. noon and six they ring out, baby. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. In fact, that's usually my reminder that I need to be up. Because <laughs> if if the Angelus bells are ringing at six in the morning and I'm not doing something or praying the Angelus, then yeah. I'm well, I'm asleep and I shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> we thought that as we as we round uh, round third base here uh, on the Catholic Underground. We would maybe start doing a little rotating segment that I like to call the monastery down the road. Because in the United States, most especially, and in your own township, sometimes there are uh, houses of of monks and and nuns and religious sisters that maybe you don't even know about. For example, St. Michael's Abbey, which is in, uh, in California. And so if you happen to find yourself in Silverado, California, uh, driving on El Toro Road, uh, then you might find yourself at St. Michael's Abbey. St. Michael is, uh, is an abbey of Norbertine fathers. And so you can, you can uh, look up a little bit more on the Norbertines. They're a 900-year-old order, and uh, they have an abbey out there in Orange County that has nearly 50 priests and over 30 seminarians studying for the priesthood. So that is a pretty wow. vibrant thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're watching us on the podcast, um, you can see that uh, they have just finished a $120 million building project wow. in March of 2018 to build this beautiful Romanesque uh, Abbey mm-hmm. Church in which to pray and offer the sacrifice of the Mass. Because as you know, what monks do is they organize their day around prayer 
And so if you, again, if you go to St. Michael's, um, they have, um, they have public, well, whenever you're not in the middle of a COVID, mm-hmm. uh, they have public liturgies. And so you can go to matins and lauds. So those are the first two hours of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, um, you can go to mass, you can go to ter sexton known, uh, which are the next three hours of the day. They have a rosary, they have vespers, which is evening prayer. They have a Eucharistic holy hour. They have Compline, which is night prayer, and then benediction at the end of that. So they have an entire day. This is every day in the Rota for the Norbertines wow. um, there in um, at St. Michael's Abbey. And, of course, we, we showcase St. Michael's Abbey because, well, uh, it's named after St. Michael the Archangel, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so St. Michael's Abbey actually has been around for more than 50 years, and they've served the, the Christian faithful in Southern California uh, doing what Saint Pope St. John Paul II asks to lift high the Holy Eucharist over the miseries and errors of this world. Mm. And uh, the monks there, the Norbertines, the Norbertine fathers, I should say the canons, right? Um, they, uh, they have specific outreaches there uh, in California. So they have teaching religious education in prisons, serving as chaplains to colleges. They serve as chaplains in the military. They serve as chaplains to communities of religious women, mm. but then they all find their life in uh, in, in common life there at the Abbey, uh, praying every day mm. and, and living as brothers. And so what a really cool thing. I, I like the fact that, that their priests uh, teach in schools and, yeah. and they operate okay. in parishes and they, some of them are pastors of parishes as well. That's kind of cool. I was just thinking about how that's, that is sorely, I think, missed in our Catholic school, school yeah. system. Oh yeah, the, the presence, the of, presence religious. of religious. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas, you know, Sadly, one of my elementary school principals, uh, Sister Johan, uh, just passed away. Mm. And I was thinking, I was like, man, it has been uh, so long since I, I, I have not worked as a Catholic school teacher under any any religious mm-hmm. yeah. as a principal. Yeah. Um, it's been so long since I've seen them in the classroom mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I, I wish, uh, one, I wish we had more yeah. people who answered the call to vocations that would allow that presence to be there that would be yeah and i think too that that's why maybe this segment is important is because oftentimes whenever a person is thinking about a vocation thinking about the diocesan priesthood Mm -hmm. um and 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 women just like well what what is there for me and so this is an important uh concept for us to kind of rediscover that uh that we are are called to to look at at the fact that that these cycles of prayer are happening every day, every day, mm-hmm. and then you might be called to join in that right. as well as a, as a member of a religious. Because I think one of the one of the unfortunate things that has happened in the last seventy five years is is that we have we have lifted up the lay vocation um, almost to a degree that that we we don't see right. the vocation of these men and women religious mm-hmm. who who are oftentimes functioning in the background, but they still right. need vocations, right. and especially in the active orders like the Norbertines and like the Sisters of St. Joseph and some of these more active religious uh, orders of women, it is, it is so important that, that they have a vibrancy because they can teach in parishes and they mm-hmm. can teach in schools in a way even that perhaps the lay can't quite do yeah. because a religious man or religious woman, uh, this is part of, of what they do every day. It's part yeah. of their cycle of prayer. It's part of the way in which they glorify God. Right. Not that the lay aren't supposed to do that. You are. In fact, if you read the document on the laity in the Second Vatican Council, you mm-hmm. have your part to play. Mm-hmm. But I often wonder like, what happened where, where the religious kind of all of a sudden, they're not, they're not readily apparent to us. Yeah. Whereas for many, many tens of years, especially in our own United States, it was nothing. 
to yeah. see a religious sister walking on the sidewalk, you yeah. know, going to the supermarket Everywhere. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think now, like, the danger is it becomes more of an idea. Yeah. Right? Like, we know yeah. it only in, Gee, like, that's the nice. abstract, mm-hmm. only in, like, a concept. Like, I know there's these things called, yeah. you know, religious But they're like angels. They just appear. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it becomes less of, like, a reality or less of a possibility. That's right. Like, for, you know, our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, even just things that we're going to experience. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But, but remember, uh, we priests are not angels. We are priests. Uh, we are human beings. And a religious sister is not an angel. She is a, a woman. Um, and a Norbertine uh, fry or a father is is a human being. Right. And that comes from the rank of humanity, mm-hmm. right? The, the the us, the church militant. And that's part of the way in which the Lord calls us. So maybe you might be called to be part of the Norbertines there at St. Michael's Abbey. I'm sure that if you visit their website, which by the way, um, let me just look it up here. Is uh, is is stmichaelsabbey.com, then you might be able to find out some more information. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes for you as well. All right. Well, this has been a program on our, on archangels and probably a little bit more. And yep. uh, we hope that it was helpful for you. You know, we're trying out a, a, a kind of a new little rundown, the way that we do some of our shows, and to give you some more themes because some of you have asked us to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, if this is beneficial for you, please let us know. You can let us know back chat at catholicunderground.com or go to catholicunderground.com and leave us uh, a little note there because you can do so or of course in the comments section uh, on any of our live streams as always the catholic underground is made possible by the viewers the listeners the prayer warriors the benefactors like you if you want to become an official undergrounder you can go to catholicundergroundcom slash donate and help us to continue to uh, to bring the work of this apostolate to the fore to everyone who needs it you can also help us out by letting other people know about us remember to like us and heart us and star us uh, on your platform of choice And if the podcasting service that you use to listen to us has a review option, please consider leaving a favorable comment, and we might just read it on the show. Mm -hmm. Just like we would do with any back chat uh, Mm -hmm. at catholicunderground.com. We like mail. We do like to receive mail. Uh, All right. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee. She's at klee626 on Instagram. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. We've also uh, had Olivia Galino join us. She's at the.real.omg on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, Olivia. That's true. Yeah. Thank you all. Yep. As well as Albert Dupont, who I don't even remember what your uh, handles are on on the, the Twitters. W5 Video. W5 Video for, mm. for Albert. Yep. And Ed, who, uh, who has no social media, is our video director. <laughs> Jim Hayes is our research assistant and the leader of the crew in the lab. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can find me at Digital Catholic on Instagram and on Twitter. And Inktober is coming up. Mm. So I'm just saying. Yes. Uh, and I'm planning on jumping in. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to subscribe to Digital Catholic on Instagram, I'll be doing Inktober. There you go. All right. If you've been listening to The Catholic Underground, we're cutting through the noise. You can find that still small voice. We hope we've helped you, and we'll see you next time. Catholic.